Welcome to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. <laughs> This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, episode 25. We are celebrating African-American Music Month, which I'm so excited about. So some history of uh, for y'all listeners out there. In 1979, President Jimmy Carter decreed June to be Black Music Appreciation Month. Every June is an opportunity to recognize how Black artists and African-American sonic influences changes the sound of American music. So before we get into this, episode here's a word from our sponsors hello everybody it's your girl sunny d thank you guys for joining us once again this episode is brought to you by divine timing which is your one-stop shop for all things adulting you can go on their website right now at fearforme.com that's fear the number four me.com and download all of their digital products journals as well as planners and type in the coupon code at checkout wmb22 to save some coins on everything on the website and get your life so yes so y'all are aware Every single episode, we have a quote. So today's quote is, knowing a person is like music. What attracts us to them is their melody. As we get to know who they are, we learn their lyrics. So y'all like that quote? I like it. And the elaboration, I just think it's cool. I like it a lot. Who is that by? Okay. I'll give it to you later. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so everyone, we are excited to get into this episode and I am a going to hand this over to Miss Nay. So Nay, go ahead and take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, as we celebrate African-American Music Appreciation Month, we have the honor and the privilege to sit and talk with my brother, Ernest Moore. He is the author of Lyrics and Lessons, a coffee table book for hip-hop enthusiasts, which can be found at your local Amazon. And Ernest, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm uh, blessed and highly favored. Amen, amen. So could you please <laughs> introduce yourself and tell us your relationship to music as well as tell us how you would like to be addressed during this podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm Ernest Moore. Uh, Ernest or Ernie or E is fine, whatever. Uh, those are all acceptable. And my relationship with music, I guess the best way to describe it, I realized like in high school how powerful uh, music was because I moved around like a lot and there would be times when like no one was really there. So like um, I realized like when I had to study or when I had to get stuff done or when things were going like tough or even when things were going well there were like songs that I could play that kind of helped me or just encouraged me um and I realized early that like music can you can use music to uh, manipulate your mood and uh, I realized that it was just really powerful and um music was always around growing up and well when I was younger my mom would kind of tell me about like the spiritual component of like um, music and like how important it is to be mindful of like the type of songs and lyrics that you allow into your psyche um how it affects your energy and as a kid 
kid, I used to think like, mom, this is a little too much. Like I, I just, you know, I like Wu-Tang Clan because I like Wu-Tang Clan. I like Rockefeller. I don't care if it's like quote unquote negative. I, you know how a lot of times people just say, I just like the beat. But as I've gotten older, I realized that it does affect your energy. It does affect your, your mood. And um, it's just really powerful. I thank God for music. I thank God for, for ears to hear. It wasn't until years later that I wanted to uh, write the book. There are a lot of things in music that have taught me just about life or like uh, advice that I've gotten from artists through their songs that have really helped me. Nice, nice. We all, I think, can attest to music affecting your energy and mood and using it as an outlet and a healing fund. But Ernie, I know you personally, and Mm -hmm. I know that you are just not an author. Can you tell us what other roles in the music game you play? Because I think you're being a lot modest to our listeners. Oh, I make, like, I, I make music. I don't do it professionally. I would love to, like, I would love to write songs for a living, but I've, I've come out with, like, a mixtape. It's, like, well, like, a short EP, and uh, I just always write songs. Like, uh, I got my degree in print journalism, and I, I thought that I wanted to um, write for, like, music magazine, but I just want to write songs for myself. So I've been doing that, and living in L.A., that's something that I'm trying to pursue. Uh, COVID kind of kind of threw a, a monkey wrench in my plans a little bit, but as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep on trying and keep on uh, just trying to network and, you know, reach my goal, pursue my dream of doing that. Yes. And I think you shared a little bit about growing up and the way that you found music and music found you. But could you tell us a little bit about your journey into adulthood and where you are now? I don't even feel like I'm an adult, to be honest. Like, I feel like I am just, I mean, I know I'm up in age on paper. I am an adult, but I'm an adult. But it's like every day is just like I am um, forced to come to terms with the fact that like I am grown. And it's a Kanye West line where he says, you got to do something, man, your ass is grown like uh that's on I think I believe that's on college dropout but that always plays in my mind when I'm like forced to like I guess be mature or make adult like decisions it's like I can't uh I can't not decide but as far as adulthood I mean I live in LA I decided to move to LA I was in Indianapolis for a little bit working but I wasn't really fulfilled and then I I moved to Dallas for a little bit the same I was working as like a personal trainer and stuff and it was just kind of like you know fear it'll paralyze us and so I just I've been trying to challenge myself and force myself to do things that I feel like my future self would be happy about. So I feel like that's kind of like, I guess daily my my journey into adulthood or what I consider being an adult is just, I guess, just being courageous enough to like show up for myself and try to do the things that I always wanted to do. And some days are easier than others. And honestly, we all feel the same way. Like, I mean, for me, I try to run away from my responsibilities every day. <laughs> and pretend like oh I don't want to pay bills they don't exist yeah (laughs) yeah a lot of times it's like who signed me up for this like why do I have to do this I never I didn't get to vote on this I didn't get you know it's just like once you're born and you get a certain age it's like this what you got to (laughs) do I love that you said that because that really segues us into this next question is as you know our podcast is all about adulting and how Mm -hmm. we did not have a blueprint growing up and how you just said that no one signed us up for this it was kind of we didn't have a vote we didn't have a choice we were kind of like forced into this because we turned mm-hmm. a certain age um did you 
have a blueprint growing up of how to transition into adulthood? No, I just saw a lot of what not to do. And I thought that that was going to be enough. But then I realized that uh, the more specific you are with anything, the better chances um, for you to be successful, you know. And Mm -hmm. like I said, I only uh, only saw a lot of what not to do. So I was just like, as long as I'm not like doing drugs, selling drugs or having multiple children by different women, like I'm on the right track. But it's like that still leaves a lot of opportunity for a whole bunch of things uh, that a person can do that um, isn't necessarily the right track. So a lot of it has just been, uh, I guess, by the grace of God and then just uh, relationships with friends and some other family members that are trying to do the right thing and just taking like the good that I see and leaving the bad and kind of um, trying to mold myself into the person that I, I want to be. So, no, I, I didn't really necessarily have a, a blueprint, so to speak. But I did. I mean, I did have people in my life that were positive. I don't want to just come off like I didn't have anybody to like um, look up to or anything like that. But as far as like somebody that I was like, yo, I need to I want to I want to emulate uh, this person, or imitate this person. No, not not really. Honestly, um, it was just bad of trouble. Go to school, get a good job and everything will be OK. And I believe that until I got older enough to realize hey man that's not necessarily true <laughs> so then you got to go back to the drawing board I think I mean the biggest part for me as in like being an adult is just being patient with myself and um, just trying to um, consistently show up for myself it's just important to do that self-work on yourself I really wanted to just ask the follow-up question and I say that only because how you said that you didn't have a blueprint or not a blueprint that you would actually want to like copy but you are learning the hard work of basically reprogramming and re-educating and reteaching yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what has been the hardest thing or the cha- the most challenging thing of that process? And how has music helped you through it? Uh, the most challenging part has been uh, just being patient with myself when things don't go as planned and just trying again. Yeah, you're going to bump your head sometimes, but uh, you just have to handle yourself with, with care. There are times when I'm feeling like down or whatever, and I'll listen to certain songs. I have a playlist of like feel good music of like maybe like 20 of my favorite songs. If I'm feeling kind of in a rut, put those on while I'm driving. Music is, is always around and it's always, it's something that's always been around. Since music okay. has always been around you and your life and even served as sort of a, bru- a blueprint growing up, if you had to have a song or an album or a soundtrack for your adult life thus far, what would it be and why? I think strictly for the title is just get rich or die trying like yo i'm tired of being broke like knock on wood i need to get this money so that's gonna be the album (laughs) soundtrack of my life thus far like yo get the bag get the money please i know uh, 50 cent was talking about rich riches as far as like uh, monetarily but i would like to be fulfilled and rich in like my relationships and other aspects of my life as well so ernie you have been around music your entire life and you've gotten into creating your own music writing your own songs how did you actually get into like that part of music what did that transition look like for you undergrad i had fruity loops on my on my computer and that's like uh i don't know if y'all are familiar or not but fruity loops is like uh, a music making program too got my first macbook and then i started messing around with uh garage band and honestly it's just been one of those things like i just realized that i enjoy like just playing with sounds and listening to sounds and, and i was just like you know let me just try so for a, a long time I would just like nobody really would know that I made music I 
I feel like a lot of people don't know because I'd be kind of like very uh, critical about my, my work or the stuff that I put out. But uh, Sleeping on your talent. I don't know if you think you are as talented as you are. I appreciate that. It's like there are times when I want to be like, man, that is really good. But then it's just like relax. So I need to, uh, to work. I need to work on that. Just being proud and confident in uh, what I put out into the world. It's kind of selfish for me not to like, you know, share things that I've created with people because of thinking that it's not good enough or people might it might not resonate with people but you never we never know like how just being ourselves it will inspire somebody somebody else so I think that's something a lot of people can be reminded of because I think a lot of us have a lot of talents that we overanalyze and that we second guess and um, like Mm -hmm. you said kind of are overcritical about and just being confident in yourself to use your voice and you know share with the world whatever that is that's probably one of the principles of how we even started this whole podcast is wanting to be able to utilize our voice and share you know our talent so what other talents do you have and how can we support you in sharing those talents with the world i started this side business living in uh, la before i came out here coming from indiana you look at the beach on tv and it looks glorious and when i first came out here i would go to the beach and i would have my towel and uh sometimes a chair most times not and the sun would be cooking like the sun would be cooking me and uh one time my homeboy came into town him and his girl and all i had for them was uh, a blanket we went to the beach and i felt so bad because we were getting burnt like it was like july or august and i had been messing with the idea of like creating a beach teepee or a beach tent and uh, ultimately that's what i did so my side business is uh purple teepee and it's a beach teepee for when you know you come into town you want to go to the beach a lot of times people come into town and they don't have proper beach gear or maybe they don't want to buy an umbrella for just one day um and a lot of times them umbrellas be blowing away and stuff it's just not really the best it's not the most conducive for a, a good time at the beach but it makes a difference when you're standing out in the sun for you know five five to ten minutes thirty minutes without no shade you know what i'm saying and black people you know we can get skin cancer and get burnt and all of that too a lot of times i feel like we we are we are powerful people but we're not more powerful than the sun like the sun will burn us like i've got sunburned uh, a couple times living out here so my business is purple tp it's to shield you from the sun it's also to help you uh, social distance from people I know but uh, it's just a way for you to like go to the beach enjoy yourself and uh, kind of have your own little place you know your own little setup starting off with being Santa Monica uh, on the weekend from 10 to 7 around Lifeguard Station 21 and uh, please support me something that I'm really passionate about and it's something that I believe I know it'll be very beneficial to others I have to continue to market it and put it out on platforms like this lovely podcast and tell other tell as many people as I can at Purple TP on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Go check him out. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I appreciate the love. As a couple of business owners on this podcast, we too understand the struggle, the strife, the heartache, the sweat, the tears that comes with starting your own business. And because music has been so instrumental in every stage of your life, what lessons in your music career or in music in general have you transferred into your adult life and vice versa you know i think i mean honestly i i believe that the main thing that i, I consistency is key you know what i'm saying and uh it's not over until it's over you know what i'm saying as long as i continue to show up and i feel like that's something that i've learned you know what i'm saying like i feel like consistently music has been something that's been there to uh help me through my tough times and my happy times but it's always been there and uh i would say another lesson is uh being like honest with myself about like where i am and what i'm trying to do because i feel like 
you know, the good artists, that's what they always do. They're going to be honest. They're going to let you know how they feel. And they're just going to put it out in the world. And I feel like um, in order to be successful, in order to uh, have a fulfilling life, like it's important to be honest with ourselves, be honest with myself. Um, so I can assess where I am. And so I can uh, make adjust adjustments as needed. You've spoken about how music has was something that you wanted to do because you do have such a deep connection with it. And originally you wanted to write music magazines, but you just realized that you love to write music and also how different artists tell their stories and gives us a glimpse of their lives through their music. How has your journalism degree folded into your passion for music? I'm going to keep it all the way uh, honest. That degree, I don't want to say it was a waste of time, but uh, <laughs> college is dope. I'll say that. So I won't focus necessarily on, on the degree so much. Like, I guess the way that it's folded into my passion is that, I mean, there, the parallel is writing, but I think my life experience is more than like my actual uh, journalism degree. It was kind of, honestly, it was kind of one of those things when I went to school, it was like, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I also feel like it's unfair to ask 18 year old kids what they want to do for the rest of their life. But I always knew that like, uh, I enjoyed writing. And it wasn't until I was like older that I was like, kind of bold enough to be like, you know what, I want to write my own songs, you know. So print journalism, it was kind of a, it was kind of like, oh man, I'll get to be around artists, but I don't know if I am an artist type of deal. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't until I was older that I was like, you know what, I, I want to, I want to share my art with the world uh, and not necessarily write about other artists sharing their art with the world. So the journalism degree and just the process of writing and from what I am aware of of journalism, being in tune with the people, the places, the experiences, has mm -hmm. having that degree and that background caused you to interrogate music or lyrics more in depth or at a deeper level or interrogate the music's place in society or the culture it was written in in a different manner than you may have done before you got you got your degree oh okay uh yeah I think so because I realized that like so I, uh I was able to interview a couple of artists and just talk to them about like music and stuff and uh I realized that at the end of the day they're just human beings like sharing their truth you know what I'm saying but they're just very passionate about it and uh once you break it down and dissect it that's really all it is you know what I'm saying it's like people kind of sharing their philosophies with the world and it's just mass and instrumentals or beats or whatever. And uh, so then that, that allowed me to realize that like, yo, like they're just people just like me. I can do the same thing. You know, it's not, they just practice, they write, they hone their craft, but you know, they're just regular everyday people letting their light shine um, and sharing their philosophies on, on things with the world. So that was probably the main thing that I, that I realized uh, that I probably wouldn't have. I'm happy that you asked that that I probably wouldn't have realized uh, by being a journalism major. Dang, I guess I was kind of shitting on it for a second there. I'm happy that okay. you... <laughs> so your degree I'm happy kind of... that you asked. I, I, never, I never put those two and two together. That's, thank you for that. Well, you know, on Where's My Blueprint podcast, we ask the hard-hitting questions. Right. <laughs> right. Y'all get my vote. But it's good that your degree helped you kind of break that veil and that curtain between your favorite artists or artists in general and the fact that they're just everyday people. They just have a bigger platform to share their, like you said, their philosophies, their views, their life experiences. Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I never, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I never, um, 
I never thought about that. So thank you. So this is part of the self-work. Thank you. You are just such a genuine and thankful person. And I just want to say thank you for that. Cause like every time we ask you a question, you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. You're just so sweet. But I do want to ask you about the book. So we are going to transition into this amazing book that you have wrote. Okay. 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 So I read the book and where you dissect the lyrics and allow us to really take a deeper look into your world, which I appreciate. And as a woman and on this podcast, as you know, you are speaking with three beautiful black women. And so I also love, 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 love female artists. And I love the female rappers too, right? Mm -hmm. So I noticed something in your book. And again, Nay Artie warned you, we asked some tough questions. Mm -hmm. So I noticed that out of 180 plus pages that you dissected the lyrics, there are less than 10 written written by women. So my question oh. for you, do you oh, feel that was an oversight on your part? Or um, my question is, do you feel that that was one, an oversight? And two, do you think that's a reflection of how the mainstream media or <laughs> hip hop and rap kind of think of women I think it's the I don't think it's an oversight I think it's the second a reflection of uh what'd you say uh women the, a, a reflection of the women in the hip-hop uh stratosphere because I feel like uh take your time baby like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me choose my words wisely I feel like when it comes to like rap in general a lot of people don't necessarily respect like female MCs as much as they do like male MCs and maybe I'm biased but I feel like a lot of times like um let me see off the top of my head right now I, I could say besides like MC like Queen Latifah um man, who 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 was dang I can't think of her name uh, Little Kim course, Cardi uh, B uh nah, Remy nah, Ma. Well, well, Little Kim Foxy Brown dang what's what's Man, I'm sorry. I'm having a, a brain fart right now. Um, Are you thinking of more and, lyrical women? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was going to say. I feel like um, a lot of women, like up until like Missy Elliott, like a lot of women post like Missy Elliott, it's kind of like they're not really expected to be like lyrical like that. A lot of it's kind of like, I feel like they're expected to kind of be like sex symbols and pop stars, but not just like, and I, I mean, I understand that we live in like a chauvinistic, uh, male chauvinistic um, society, but so I'm sure there are a lot of female MCs that's like, yo, I just want to be known as a rapper. But unfortunately, I feel like there aren't that many. I mean, besides like right now, I feel like Rhapsody, Sierra Wack, I'm sure there are others. Uh, but I personally don't know. I feel like Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B, it's kind of like they rap, but it's bigger than than rap. I don't even feel like they're, they're definitely rappers, but I feel like they're they're not just known for rap being. It's like they're, I feel like they're, they've been molded to kind of be like pop stars almost and like sex symbols as well, if that makes, if that makes sense. So what I'm hearing you, is that they are more, they're not a, like you said, sex symbol, quote unquote, but not more, like they don't have a message. I guess you could say that, or maybe, who, or, or maybe the machine that's behind them is pushing like, yo, be, you know, be sexy be whatever this this pop icon don't worry about the the rhymes as much as like the type of music that y'all are putting out that's going to affect the masses you know like i 
I feel like somebody like Rhapsody, uh, man, I wish I knew more, but I know Rhapsody for sure got bars and I know Tierra Whack got bars. Um, I feel like Nicki Minaj can rap too. Like she's crazy, but I feel like once her career kind of took off, she started singing a little bit and then it wasn't really expected for her to be like a rapper as much. Like she just, and I feel like she's dope, but she's kind of in a different, um, I, I wouldn't, for her lyrical ability, I wouldn't put her like in my top like five, like female MCs personally, I wouldn't. No, I totally, just, totally understand it. I totally understand and totally agree um, with, especially you, st- uh, you stated about the machine behind everything. We all know that there is a huge industry that is pushing a mm-hmm. certain image on our young adults. And I'm going to tie this to what you said earlier about your mom dropping those gems of you of like, you have to understand what you're listening to because mm-hmm. what you mm-hmm. put into you actually gets into you, if that makes sense. Right. Um, Absolutely. So yes, I totally agree with you. I just wanted to give you a tough question to see how you was going to answer under pressure. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it. But I mean, I can, I, you know, I definitely can do better as far as um. But then it's also too, you know, um, I feel like a lot of like younger artists, and I, don't, I don't, man, I don't want to sound like an old dude because that I'm just I feel like just even leading that sentence like that. a lot of these younger artists. But I feel like uh, like it's a lot of people like sounding the same. Um, and that's why I felt I feel like somebody like Tierra Whack is refreshing because she's just like I'm just gonna be me like if y'all rock with it cool if not I don't care but then it's just like if you don't rock with it like you look stupid because I got bars like and I'm super Mm -hmm. creative I'm very talented so it's 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 on you Um, but I feel like you know a lot of uh, quote-unquote like popular female MCs it's just a lot of like I'm just super sexy for lack of better terms like and I got more money I guess that's kind of the same as like a lot of other I guess male rappers but I mean the 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 whole concept or the purpose of the book was just like lyrics and artists that resonated with me personally so um I guess to go back to the original question like it's definitely not a diss to female MCs it's just I feel like you know the reoccurring thing for me when listening to female MCs is just a lot of like sex talk I was gonna say or like tough talk like and it's like oh like I'm here for like the bars and the metaphors and the similes you know that's what made me fall in love with rap in the first place and um I'd be lying if I said that like all the lyrics in the book because y'all looked at it so definitely all of them aren't like thought-provoking some of them are just comical to me like just made me laugh so all of them aren't like just crazy bars but um I need to expand my horizons and listen to more uh, female MCs but I don't really know any. I know Lotto got a buzz. I heard a couple of her, like, freestyle. I heard a little bit of her music. And I like Lotto. I like her presence and delivery. But I also feel like I can see her being pushed in that, you know, be sexy first and then rap later type of um, category as well. We'll we'll see. But she's, like, the only one of the uh, younger. She's, like, one of the only, uh, I guess, this generation uh, female rappers that I'm like, okay, she's she's cool. Megan's cool i don't love it though i don't i don't love her i don't love her i like cardi but i think um like with cardi and megan it's just strictly from like a kind of entertainment type of aspect but not like a lyrical aspect but i mean the the idea of the book was to have like conversations like this you know what i'm saying just to kind of just get people to talk about the music and i mean it's so much music out and i feel like i feel like we don't really uh when I say we, I, when I say we, I mean like black 
people, Black Americans, like we don't really take pride in like rap or hip hop as being like a uh, a refined uh, form of like art. You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like you know, like if you like if you like how can I put it? If somebody was like 40 and they was like, "Yo, I just started a band. Like we're gonna create like rock and roll music, or I, I want to be a classical pianist." Like people would be like, "Oh man, that's that's cool." But if somebody was like 40 or 45, was like, "I want to rap," like I, which is basically poetry or whatever, people would be like, "No, you need to get a a real job. Like that's not you know that's not real." But I feel like it's it's art. You know what I'm saying? Like you you can't put a a timestamp on when a person should be creative. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like that's unfortunately that's what we do with with rap music all the time there are only a few people that are older right now that are making music and they're not like trying to be young like i feel like Nas has dropped a, a couple of dope albums and he's older jay has done it um i wish kanye would do it but we shall see but um a lot of times you know we make it seem like once you're a certain age like rap music isn't age appropriate for you and I feel like that's not cool because it is art like at the end of the day. And it's a sophisticated form of art. Like people can put words together, but like people can rhyme words, but everybody can't rap. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, I wish that more people would kind of stand on that and recognize that like, yo, just because you rhyming don't mean that you are a good rapper. And it's just, it's just corny to me. And I feel like it's, it's like disrespectful to people that are like really lyr- like lyrical and that you can tell that they're really like put time, effort and energy into their words and their bars. Like, so hopefully, I mean, it'll get to the point where people do recognize they're like on a, on a grand scale. Like, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think you are right. Um, because I mean, two chains started what, when he was like 40 something. So you can't put a time on art. Um, but on a lighter note, we are going to dissect some lyrics. So um, Sunny okay. D is going to give you some lyrics and we want to know your thoughts about it. So go ahead, girl. I'm just okay. going to throw this out here one time for the female lyricists. So um, this is Lauren Hill lyric, the one and only L Boogie. Everything is everything. I wrote these words for everyone who struggles in their youth, who won't accept deception instead of what is truth. It seems we lose the game before we even start to play. Who made these rules? Who made these rules? We're so confused. We're so confused. Easily led astray. Let me tell you that. What are your thoughts? How would you dissect, interpret that lyric? I mean, I, you know, Lauren is just like, he's like top tier. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily dissect it, I guess. I guess what I get from it is just like, I'm just appreciative that she was one of the artists that was just like so honest and uh, positive and was just like giving game, um, you know, not only to the youth, but to like young black youth as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just love Lauren, but my beef with Lauren is like, he came out with a miseducation and has just been like MIA. And that's kind of not fair. Uh, so that's my only, uh, I guess, gripe with Lauren Hill. It's like, yeah, you're one of the best, like, hands down. Everybody would agree to that. Like, that album, classic album. I love it. I love Lauren. But it's just like, how you just won't give us that album and then just kind of disappear. Um, I don't think that's fair. But I love that. I love how she uh, just put positive message in music um, and I guess just like gave us hope, gave us a lot of people, you know, growing up in the inner city don't get like positivity. So it was dope that she was able to like to do that and inspire others with her words. You know what I'm saying? I just wish that she did it more often. Like it's not fair. I'm sad about it. I wish that Lauren Hill would make more music, but 
you know, she's a human being. She has her life. You know, yeah. everything, everything is everything is a, is a dope record. The whole album is incredible. I love Lauren Hill. Such an incredible body of work from start to finish. So earnest. We've had a lovely conversation. So our last question for this, before we get into our Melanated Moment segment is, what do you want to be remembered for? What's your legacy? Oh, man. You know, I want to be remembered uh, just being a, a positive person that uh, inspires uh, people or give people the courage to um, share their truth, whether that's with like creating music or creating a business or writing a book or just following whatever their truth is. Like I want to be remembered as somebody that uh, has encouraged people to be true to themselves and live life on their own terms. Like uh, Steve Jobs said, not be trapped by other people's dogma. So if I can inspire people, like I feel like my life, if I can inspire people in a positive way, I feel like my life will be filled. That's, that's what I want to be remembered for most. That's a wrap up, Ernest. We want you to give our audience one actionable step. So what is something our audience can do as it pertains to music this week and going forward in their life? I would say, I think this is important. I feel like uh, one actionable step that um, somebody can take uh, this week is find out like, you know, what your favorite song is or what your favorite album is. What piece of music brings you the most joy? I feel like uh, a lot of times people don't know themselves or know about themselves or aren't willing to uh, ask those types of questions. So I would say that's that's something that would be beneficial to everybody. Um, figure out, you know, like y'all asked me about what album uh, is a reflection of my current state, but I would ask people to figure out like what album or what song like just brings them joy, like every time that they hear it, you know? And just hold that dear to their heart because, you know, sometimes life gets hard. But if you can put on some, you know, a song to change your, change your demeanor and just have that in your back pocket in case of emergency, uh, I think that's important. Figure out, you know, what, your, what, what, what song or album really just brings you uh, joy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that step. And I agree. Like you have to be able to, like you said, have a song or an album that helps you go throughout life. Right. And I love the get rich mm-hmm. or die trying because I think I'm on that energy too. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I am going yeah. to, we are going to transition into a segment that we have that's called moments of melanation. So okay. moments of melanation. Moments of Melanation is where we highlight a Black person doing the damn thing. Today in Moments of Melanation, we are highlighting Patrice Banks. So, Ernest, I am excited to get your thoughts on this, especially with the ladies. So let me tell you who Patrice Banks is. Okay, are you ready for this? Yeah. All right, here we go. So I'm ready. (laughs) I love it. Um, She is not only innovative, but she is, she owns an auto mechanic shop, right? She's a freaking genius who is the owner of what's called Girls Auto Clinic located in Philly or Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, however you say that, Mm -hmm. whatever, Philly. (laughs) She saw a problem, meaning women being taken advantage of of at many auto shops and repair shops owned, of course, by men and -hmm. created the solution. What was the solution? Baby, she created her own auto shop along with get this you can go ahead and get your nails done and hair done while you're waiting on your car to get done and service can we say baby this is like the best 
thing in life. I can get my car service while I get my hair done, nails done, and pedicure at the same time. And it's all done at the same time, baby, come through. So before I get too excited, because I'm like over here, like, oh my gosh, I wish she was here because I would definitely, I need my little um, car service actually. Um, I wish she was here. But what are y'all thoughts? Listen, I need an oil change right now. (laughs) And a pedicure. (laughs) And I'd like to be able to do those at the same time. At the same time. I love it. I think it's genius. Uh, I also feel like, you know, there's no such thing as like a bad idea. It's just like bad execution. You know what I'm saying? So I, I love that. I'm sure she was going back and forth about it before she decided to take that leap. But, yo, know, that's beautiful. I think that's super dope. I love that. And um, I feel like as a man, like, I feel like I'd be getting taken advantage of uh, by mechanics, too, because I don't know what's going on either. So I feel like that's that's <laughs> That's dope that she was like, you know what? I had enough. Uh, I'm going to create something for the people. Uh-oh. But yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love this idea because like we say about Black people in general, Black kids in general, you can't, well, it's hard to be what you can't see. And a lot of times mm-hmm. we don't see women in these traditionally male roles. So we as women think that, oh, it's just up to the man to do my oil change, do this, do that. But we are just as capable in most regards as a man. So I think it's phenomenal for little girls to see not only is there a woman who can work on my car, but because there is the option for your hair done, your nails done, you don't have to use your lose your femininity in performing in those traditionally male occupations. So kudos to her, kudos to her occupation, kudos to the little brown black girls everywhere who get to see this in their neighborhood as an example to follow. Absolutely. Yes. Representation I, is, is key. Representation. That part. That part. And Ernest, before we have you do our affirmation, we have to have a word from our sponsors. Hey, beautifuls. This message is brought to you by The Grass is Greener on the Other Side, where we help women who have anger, sadness, and shame from being cheated on learn how to heal and take their power back so they can regain confidence, restore their peace, and attract the life of their dreams. We can be found on IG at Brianna underscore Latrice. That's spelled B R I A I N A underscore l-a-t-r-i-c-e and for all of the where's my blueprint podcast listeners we're offering free 15 minute discovery calls so if you're ready to regain and restore that self-love self-worth and self-belief back in yourself shoot me a dm for a free discovery call today because my motto is honey leave that cheater and find your peace If you're interested in joining my new course, Rejection is Redirection, using your past as a reference, not a residence, you can email me at affairrecoverycoach at gmail.com, or you can shoot me a DM at Brianna underscore Latrice. See you on the call. Okay, to go ahead and do or say that affirmation that you prepared us for us today. Oh, okay. Uh, The affirmation that I have, I get, well... It's a Bible uh, verse. It's Second uh, Timothy 1 and 7. And I like to remind myself of this uh, regularly, uh, where it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and uh, self-discipline. And uh, that just helps, like, calm and soothe my spirits. Like, anytime I'm feeling kind of, like, I don't know, anxious or nervous or not, like, sure of myself, I'm reminded of that um, scripture second timothy one and seven i love that myself that regularly i love that and i'm so glad you said that because that's a reminder 
you basically did that affirmation, but that's a reminder to me personally. So I am grateful and listeners, I know that's going to sit well with you guys too. And so thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. You are welcome. We would love to thank Ernest Moore for joining us today. And y'all go pick up his amazing book on Amazon and follow him on all his socials at EarnMoney13. That's at E-R-N Money, M-O-N-E-Y, number 1313. Yes, and I thank y'all for taking time out. I'm truly humbled. I appreciate the love and I'm happy to see y'all doing y'all thing. And I'm inspired by what y'all are doing. So please, please keep up the good work. Please keep going strong. Um, yeah, thank you. Well, we want to thank you. Like, you're so sweet. I'm like, can I just put you in my bucket? Um, but yeah. we do want to say thank you. And to our listeners, Nay said it great. Go follow Mr. Ernest. Um, and also you can guys follow us, comment, review, um, all on our Where's My Blueprint podcast on Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts. Also review, review, review the blog, comment, um, engage with us on all social media, Instagram as Sunny D say the bird app and where's my blueprint pod.com. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we are going to say, have a good day. Cause we're done. Bye. Peace all out. Right. Bye ladies. Thank you so much.